Listening to Thoughtless Casual Gaming with Brett and Jace. We are a Geelong based gaming podcast where we play some games badly and then talk crap about them. And last night we got together and we played a couple of games, played a couple of rounds of coup and a round of the, or six rounds, so to speak, of the Blood Bowl card game. Uh, I assume that's what we're here to talk about, Jace. It is not at all what we're here to talk about. Oh. Did something else happen? Or? I feel like this means that we now have at least two things wrong in the first 30 seconds. So two things have happened. One, you've mentioned games that we're not going to talk about. Okay. And two, you said you're listening to. Nobody is doing that. <laughs> Look, uh, you know, we've, we've got a, um, a press, uh, yeah, we've got a reputation to uphold here of, you know, we're in that top hundred for a reason. That bottom end of the top hundred for a finally, reason. <laughs> finally crack the ton. Uh. <laughs> um, so last week we it was um, only a week ago. It was only it a week feels, ago. Feels like it's such a oh my god. Anyway, plenty, plenty of time to be thinking of the next one. But last week we ran Thoughtless Ball three, a very serious Blood Bowl sevens event. Such seriousness. Many competitives. All the wins. We wanted to kick out the year with something... That amused us, let's be honest. Well, it definitely (laughs) did. Something stupid, let's say. So we had... Yeah, it's for just a like. There's a lot, but the Blood Bowl. There is a lot of events. There's a lot of tournaments. There's a lot of very serious stuff, and I, I feel like it's very easy to get sucked into the vortex that is competitive Blood Bowl. Um, and it's also very easy to get burnt out by the competitiveness that can be a, a competitive Blood Bowl scene. Um, and occasionally, it's nice just to take the foot off the pedal and do stupid shit. And remind ourselves that this is a silly ass game, an amazing but silly ass game. And we're silly ass people, so who better to do it? I mean, we don't get bogged down in the whole competitiveness of of Blood Bowl in any way, shape, or form. He says, being currently on top of the leaderboard for the uh, league, but that was unintentional. I swear. <laughs> But yeah, we we don't like to take things seriously, so we thought we'd run a very unserious, inserious, unserious, less serious, non-serious. What is the opposite of serious? Silly? I suppose. (laughs) Doesn't have the right ring. (laughs) We ran an event anyway. We've talked in the past about the the players pack. We've talked about the fact that we sold out the tournament. We ended up with 28 players, which is by far our biggest one yet. So 
first off, hats off to to everybody that was stupid enough to trust us with the tournament and come along. I'm sure you won't make that mistake again. <laughs> so, to be fair, some of them have made that mistake in the past yes. and repeated. So, <laughs> some of them keep coming not, back. Let's not give people too much credit. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've talked about the the basis of what we were doing. So, we ran a tournament. There were no prizes for first, second, and third. There were prizes for silly things, and we heartily encouraged people to build their rosters around one, if not more, of those silly prizes to compete, so to speak. We also introduced different rules every round that nobody, including us, were aware of before we introduced them. There was there was there was some was, degree of thought that went into them, but it wasn't it was an awful a lot. A little bit of making it up on the fly. Um, which was fine. It it all worked out. I think things happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it was a little bit of an experiment, shall we say. It was very much a thing that I think both of us went into hoping that it would be taken in the spirit it was intended. But you're never really sure going into these things how they're going to land, whether people are going to appreciate them, whether they're going to have too much of an effect on a game, not enough of an effect on a game. Is it just, you know, more headache for no value? Like there's so much unknown trying something like this. Um, so it was one of those kind of things that we thought, no, nah, we're going to give it a red hot go. We'll see how it plays out. But uh, I, I very much wasn't sure. No, likewise. There was, I mean, we were very excited. We were excited from the moment we came up with this sort of rubbish uh, way back at All Systems Go. So a couple of months ago, we were very excited, but I think there was there was definitely a lot of nerves about whether we were just doing it for ourselves <laughs> more than the players. So... I mean, what's the point of organising a tournament if it's not self-serving? I suppose he says doing a podcast for his own amusement. It all ties together. No, oh, yeah, this is... <laughs> look, let's just, just get a big old bow. We'll write narcissism on it and we'll just wrap us up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Shall we go through the rules? What the extra yep. rules that we added, so to so, speak? Instead of going through all of the games and all of the results and all of the things, look, we'll go through some of that. Um, but I suppose this is more of a, what did we do? What happened? How did it land? Mm-hmm. Uh, round by round as as each player or each, you know, uh, as everyone kind of discovered the fun that we'd cooked up. Yeah. Look, in the past, we have gone through round by round and said who who won what and you know what the scores were and all that sort of stuff. So that's a lot of numbers and talking and people's names and not really a lot of content of value. Nah, and we've got at least double the amount of games going on this one, so there was lots. Good boy. But we'll we'll discuss what we did and why we did it. Alrighty. So if we. Crack into the day, round one. People have shown up. They're ready for a fun day of Blood Bowl. They've got their rosters. They've painted some more models. That was amazing to see. Just as a side note, how many people had it painted? Uh, you know, teams specifically for this. That was 
pretty astounding. Um, but they've rocked up. They're, they're keen for some blood bomb. We said, right, before we match you up and let you know who you're playing round one, here's a little FYI. And we bust into what some people had remembered that we were going to do stupid shit and others had not. And boy, were they in for a shock because we did some stupid shit. So round one. What was round one? Remind me. Round one was entitled Nurgle's Balls. So this was a pretty straightforward kind of deviation that we did. Uh, And it's literally using one of the special raw balls from... I think it was Death Zone. Yep. Was in, yeah. Uh, so the ball for this match has been swapped for a greedy Nurgling ball. Uh, wherever the devotees of Nurgle travel, they are followed by hordes of precocious Nurglings. These diminutive demons are able to project themselves into the mortal realm in great numbers wherever the Plague Father's followers tread. For the most part, they content themselves with cavorting on the sidelines and in the dugouts, inspiring the players and entertaining the fans. Occasionally, however, one of them will mistake the ball for something edible. So, the rules were, whenever a player attempts to pick up this ball, roll a d6. On a roll of 3+, they can attempt to pick up the ball as normal. On a 1 or a 2, they recoil in horror and refuse to even try. So the ball will bounce once, but no turnover is caused. If the ball bounces into an occupied square, that player may attempt to catch it as normal. Also, at the start of any turn in which a greedy Nurgling ball is on the ground, it will bounce one square in a random direction as the Nurgling attempts to get away from the action. If it bounces into an occupied square, the player must attempt to catch the ball but will suffer an additional negative one modifier as the Nurgling attempts to fight them off. If the player fails to catch it, or if the square is occupied by a prone or stunned player, the ball will bounce again. Finally, should any player begin their activation in possession of this ball, roll a d6. On a roll of one, the Nurgling's enthusiastic struggles prove too distracting, and the player must reduce their movement by one for the duration of this team turn as they squabble with an overfed Nurgling. So there's so, a lot of words, right? The is. crux of this is is if you want to pick up the ball, you need to roll another dice before, and on a one or two, you just don't, and the ball bounces. Um, if the ball is on the ground at the start of a turn, it bounces, and if you start your turn with the ball uh, or in activation with the ball on a roll of one, you lose a point of movement. That were the three things that basically happened out of all those words, right? Um, this, I feel like, was a hit in yes. the grand scheme of things. I think we've in the Discord we've had a lot of chat from, from the people that went and uh, the Nurgling ball was definitely one of the favourites, I think. And look, let's preface this with, you know, these are the rules that we laid out for every table. We, we stuck a little sheet down with all the rules. Um, there were questions throughout the day, and I did what I usually do at work, which is just make something make up, it up. fly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And if people forgot that the ball was a nurgling ball for a couple of rounds or whatever, that was on them. Yeah. We're not going to enforce things, but this is the rules that they should be playing with. Yeah. 
Look, and I guarantee that there were times where people started activation and forgot to bounce the ball first and that yep. kind of stuff is going to have happened and I don't care. Um, I, I think this was fun. So I was playing um, as we had odd numbers. So I was that 28th player and we happened to have, I think it was a blizzard. <laughs> Yes, going around, there were a number of games where the it was a blizzard or or torrential rain or whatever it was that made it harder pit to pick up the ball in the first place, and there were a lot of curses and <laughs> failed pickups and all the rest of it. Yeah, I was actually Which is good. I, I loved it, and I think that was you know it was just a level of an extra level of just. Fuck you from Nuffle. I love it. Um, <laughs> the other one that got asked a couple of times, and I'm not sure if I ruled this the same way you did, right? But if you attempt to pick up the ball, um, you don't, you know, on a one or two, you don't pick up the ball. You don't even try. The ball will bounce. Can you then pick up the ball again? I mean, I think it doesn't actually give you too much information. This, these rules are straight from Death Zone. Uh, it does say they recall it, recoil in horror and refuse to even try. So, I mean, kind of you can read into that that that's it. They're not going to try and pick it up that round. Um, for shits and giggles, I just said that people could. Yeah. I mean, oh. that, that ball is bouncing. It's costing up more of their movement to try and do it again and – uh, it involves more dice rolling, which is never a good thing about bowl. So have at it, people. That's the okay. way I ruled it. No, no, I, I played exactly the same way. I went, oh, look, there's there's an argument that says that you can't pick up the ball. But normally if you fail to pick up the ball, right, it's a turnover, and that's why you can't do it a second time. We don't have a turnover situation. And if you want to use more of your movement, roll some more dice and do some more stuff, go nuts. It was it was all about having fun and failing to pick up the ball multiple times is my definition of fun for that round. And the more attempts, the more fails, and the more fails. Yeah, no, that, I think absolutely the math checks out. Um, yeah, I think this was fundamentally. I think this came down to it was a good rule to implement for this. It wasn't super complex. No. Um, it did have an ongoing effect on the game if you wanted to touch the ball. Um, so, but it was one of those that you kind of like, okay, the first couple of turns, what's happening, but then it just became part of the game and you kind of picked it up. It was always in play. It wasn't changing. It didn't mess with things, um, in different ways. So I think it was just a consistent level of frustration which is really what this game's all about yeah exactly shall we move on to round two round deuce round two melbourne weather so we gave up on the normal weather table and we made our own for this round add to the fact that we also said when you roll a kickoff event at any time during this game, if the result is not changing weather, also apply the changing weather event. Yeah. We wanted the weather to be going all over the place like it kind of has been today. Oh, it's been bonkers. It's been stupid. Um, And then 
adding to that a little bit with the weather table. So normally a 4 to 10 is perfect weather and we reduced that a little bit. So a 5 to 9 was perfect weather, which gave us a different, an extra yep. funky rule either side of perfect weather as well. Yeah. Um, so there was lots of variation. Yeah, and with these, I kind of went through a lot of the the weather tables that are available. Uh, there's some in the Spike magazines, there's some in Death Zone, there's some all over the place. And I kind of chose a few that I liked the sound of and maybe tweaked a couple and maybe made one or two of them up myself. Yeah. So... Uh, I think, yeah, we needed one last one and you and I were both racking our brains and we thought, oh, it's got to be along this theme. And then we yep. both pretty much wrote the same thing and said it to each other. <laughs> so yeah. we were totally on the same page here. Yeah, absolutely. And it was trying to find ones as well that we had people specifically playing for, um, you know, different uh, yep. awards. So how can we either mess with those or help them along depending on, what they were doing as well. So um, that had a little bit of a factor into it. But effectively, so our weather table for this. Um, so remember, every time you don't get perfect weather or every time you don't get changing weather, you also get changing weather. You basically, the weather changes every single time you have a kickoff event. It's we the best. We wanted as much weather changing as possible. So the first one, on a two, Corn's Fury. There's not enough blood for the blood god. To speed things up, randomly select two players from each team. These players get plus one strength and frenzy until different weather result is rolled. When a different weather result is rolled, these players must immediately roll on the injury table. Yep. I, I loved this, I just say. <laughs> I thought it was fantastic because especially with changing weather every kickoff, that's not going to stick around for very long. There are going to be two players um, on each team very quickly. It's just that moment where you get, uh, holy shit, I've, the, the, the drugs have just kicked in. I need to murder somebody before I collapse. And that was so much of what was going on there. It was like, oh shit, how long is this drive going to last? How long is this weather going to last? Because I really enjoy having a strength three frenzied halfling. Yeah, I was going to take make the most of him. And those players were rolling on the injury table relatively quickly. I mean, it was it was bound to be messy in some instances. But you know, stun. Yeah, you know, seven happy days. There's a chance they could die, sure, but you know, meth's a hell of a drug. Um. On a three. So that was only the first one, right? Three. Slanesh's tentacles. The fingers of the pleasure god rise up from the ground. Ooh. At the start of each player turn, roll a d6. On a one, randomly select a player on the pitch from the active team and roll armor. If armor is broken, no injury roll is made, but they're stunned. Does not cause a turnover, even if that player had the ball. So basically, if you roll a one... One of your random guys is falling over. Somebody falls over. Yep. Regards. Relatively tame, compar yep. comparatively, anyway. Could have, been, could have been worse. Yes. Uh, number four. 
Winds of magic. So eerie gusts of wind blow through the stadium, freakishly, in whichever direction is needed at the time. If the ball is thrown, then the wind lifts it and carries it further than seemingly possible. So reduce the passing modifier for the distance by one for every pass action made. In addition, any successful interceptions must be re-rolled. Basically, Matt, yeah, if you were throwing seven squares instead of being a long pass, it's going to be a short uh, short pass. Now we that passing teams had a little bit of a bonus if they got this one. And we did have a an award for most successful completions. So, you know, that was just an extra little little nudge in the right direction for them. It was, especially considering one of the other ones completely screwed that sort of team. <laughs> screwed those guys. Yeah. Uh, five to nine, perfect weather, no fun. No, no, roll again. Yeah. All right, what do we have after that? Number 10, the winds of change. So we have winds again. Um, Zinch has decided that the ref would look better as a spawn. So until the weather changes, players cannot be sent off for fouling as the officials do search desperately for another ref. We also had an award for most fouls, most successful fouls. It's like somebody thought this through slightly a little bit. I know, <laughs> I know somebody would have had a multi-foul desperate measure. Mm-hmm and no ability to get sent off, and it would have been the best thing in the world. Look, I, I definitely had a few teams get excited when this one came up. So, yeah, this one, I think, in particular, was a bit of a hit, especially with some of the teams that were trying. Number 11, Chaos Fog. Yeah, we mentioned passing teams. Hmm. Um, passing's too strong in this game, let's be honest. So Nurgle is tuned in to watch, but with him come the flies. Due to the poor visibility, players may not perform pass actions. Additionally, players may not declare a blitz action against any player that is more than three squares away. Just this no, one I liked. No this passing. One. Yeah. Just shut it down. Screws it over slowly. It, it creates scenarios where you're going, oh, I'm going to blitz. Oh, no, I can't blitz that guy. He's too far away. That was that happened a number of times yep. um, where people are like, oh, you know, especially that first turn, mm-hmm. um, I'm six squares away. Oh, I'll declare a blitz with my, my Radoga. Well, you can't declare a blitz action against somebody. You can't see. Yeah. Got to be a, you've got to be declaring the blitz against a particular person, even if you don't end up hitting them. So no blitz for you. Un- Unchannel Fury suddenly becomes a bitch. <laughs> um, anyhow, so that was a, just no passing. Regards. Sure, you can hand off, but do not use your pass stat. That is all. Uh, and number 12, the last one, Crimson Downpour. Blood rains down on the pitch. Any attempts to rush will fail on a roll of one or two. Everybody has drunk it. Additionally, if a player is pushed back from a block, that player rolls a d6. On a roll of one, they slip and fall over as if the block was successful. We start off with blood on a two. We get it with again on a 12. I mean, I really liked 
these weathers. Like I thought they were uh, nicely tied in. Like mm-hmm. by by making by us making them all about the chaos gods, it kind of tied them in a bit. Um, but they were thematic and fun, at least when we were writing them. Yes. How are they to play? Theoretically, great. Like mm-hmm. it was literally, you know, the the fog came up and someone declared a blitz. And I was like, "Ooh, nah, we don't think we'll be doing that." Um, things like you can't pass, really, really easy. But weather's one of those things that has a limited effect in Blood Bowl normally, right? Yep. So four to ten perfect weather you're going to have that most of the time. And then it's just the odd occasion that you need to remember. And I feel like the weather here had obviously a greater impact because the chances of you getting perfect weather were not, but it was the fact that it changed a lot. Actually was like, fuck, what, what's it doing this round? Where am I at? What's going on? What can I do? What can't I do as that extra layer of something you need to remember? It probably got a little bit, I think it was the changing mm-hmm. that got it a little bit. If this was just a standard weather table and it didn't change every other one, it would probably be fine. Um, I did consider, and it's something I, I didn't get around to and, and forgot on the day, but I did consider including like something like a paperclip or something so that people could highlight which one was current on the sheet, but... Yeah, I think there would need to be a really clear indicator for which one was in play. Or as I said, you just don't change it that much. We mm-hmm. forget that. We've got a customized weather, weather table. You're more likely to have something that affects you. Um, the only risk then is then it is something that is likely to affect the entire game. Yes. Uh, so you, you need to be a little bit more careful about balancing. Yeah. So if you're a passing team and you roll the one that, that you cannot pass then that screws you up when you're competing with other passing teams who might not get that. Yeah, it's a factor in particular. We wanted to keep it a bit even in that regard. Yeah. No, I think, as I said, I think it was fun. I think they were were thematic. They had stuff. Um, I would almost get to a stage where I think if we were going to do something like this again, I'd have this as a description of what's going on mm-hmm. and then almost a cheat sheet kind of thing for the table that just had the actual in-game effects dot pointed really clearly and something that they could put somewhere prominent mm-hmm. and be like, the weather is this, it does dot point one, dot point two, dot point three. Yeah. Get rid of all the, the sort of flavor text and stuff and just make it really clear and simple for during play. No, seems appropriate. Cool. I mean, we, we're making this stuff up as we go along. Like, yeah. Which is our usual thing. So maybe we'll put more thought into next next crazy one. Let's not promise too much. It's unlikely. <laughs> but maybe. Like, you might get lucky. Uh, round three. So round three was, you're a wizard, Harry. And this was pretty simple. Each... Uh, on this round, every player received a free special wizard inducement. The, so we, yeah. Yeah, the we used the, the funky ones from Death Zone. Sorry. I'm just going right. to start talking over you. You start the, talking. No, the, the Death Zone included a whole bunch of new funky wizard inducements. Mm-hmm. Um, so we basically 
gave one of them to every single player. So the way this played out is there's a whole bunch. I think there's 10 or so that mm. came in Death Zone. Um, so we gave each table one of those 10. So no, there was different wizards uh, on each table, but each player on that table had access to the same wizard just to keep it. They're not, they don't all cost the same. They don't all do the same thing. So it seemed a little bit a little bit too much if we gave someone the Slan Mage Priest and then someone a little little goblin. Which, yeah. you know, so we just said, right, you've got the same one, but we're going to randomize them so each table has a different one. Yeah, we literally printed off two copies of each of the ten and shuffled them and just dealt. Which is fun. I, yeah. I, I liked that. I liked having different things happening on the table. Like on the table next to me, I liked discovering what my wizard do because it's one of those things that we haven't used really. Yep. So I'm like, oh, what does this one do? Oh, we can do a thing because we ended up with the ogre fire belly. Okay. Yep. And so he's got two. So the first one is your standard fireball spell, man. Mm-hmm. The second one, column of fire. It's like a fireball, right? But the fireball starts at one side of the pitch and goes all the way across. Okay. Which is the best thing ever. So the two things two things this did is one is it made us really think about our um, actual setting up our teams mm-hmm. because you didn't want to put two important players on the same line to stop somebody just zapping or so, you know, that, that whole typical sevens thing of just lining players up on the line of scrimmage. Nope. <laughs> so we ended up with these really weird setups where everyone was kind of staggered across the field, which was kind of cool. Um, and then the second half of that was literally trying to block your opponent into a line. Oh, yep. Clever. So you ended up trying to, dodge around and do stuff to push them into a line so in that you could anyway you get the idea (laughs) but it was a wonderful dream and then i was playing i think it was jared at the time who was doing exactly the same thing to me to be perfectly fair and then he he got it off he had like four or five players lined up and i think the the fire hit one of them and it's like it's just Miss the rest. No, of them. no. <laughs> two, one, two, three, one. Oh, four. There you go. Uh, it's always the way, isn't it? So you much effort. Something up. It's, you know, you've got a cage with a fireball wizard inducement, and four of those five people in the cage do not fall down. Yeah, it was. I was so excited. When it happened, but then I'm really curious. I I didn't get a chance to hear some of the fun shit that happened from others. Like some of those other wizards are bonkers. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, some people forgot about them completely. Absolutely, didn't use them. She's so, crazy, crazy. Uh, but again, it was a relatively simple one. It was pretty, I think, balanced in that you had the same benefit as your mm-hmm. opponent did. Um, they were random, so it wasn't like we were doing a, a thing specifically. Yep. 
look, was it the most flavor that we could cram into a one? No, but we was trying to find a balance, particularly when we don't didn't know how these were going to go down. Yeah. And and we were thinking very hard about making sure that whatever game you were playing, you were on the same level as your opponent. So. Uh, round four. Do you want to go into this one? Fanatics of the game. <laughs> so, at the start of each half, after the ball has landed, but before the receiving begin, team begins their first term, the crowd shoves a fanatic on the pitch. So the Fnatic is considered an opposing player to both teams all the time. So the way this played out is after the ball had landed and stuff, but before the the first player takes their first activation, you basically throw a Fnatic into the pitch as if it was a ball throw in. So the kicking team chooses where it comes in from in the neutral zone and not the line directly on the, the line of scrimmage, um, it scatters. So it could go straight ahead. It could go either way. Um, and then every player turn, so you and your opponent, the Fnatic takes a turn in between and he moves three squares in a completely random direction, does the usual Fnatic things. And then if he goes out, or if he gets murdered, he gets murdered, but then he comes back next half. And that was just to make sure that both players had a chance to kick him at their opponent. Yeah. This is probably the one we've had the most feedback on. Yeah. And and there were a couple of days after the tournament where people were still debating other ways. I mean, they, they were all, seemed to be mostly for the... the I think ultimately yeah. the most feedback that we had was when you throw in a ball, it can go – it's, it's on average going to go seven squares, right? Mm-hmm. So eight squares away from the end zone, um, which puts it pretty firmly away. Like if it goes straight, it's on the other side of the pitch. If it's going a, you know on an angle, it, it's hitting a back corner yeah. pretty quickly, right? So I think most of the feedback was that they want the Fnatic. Put in the Fnatic. The chaos was good. However, he was just a little bit out of the picture. Yeah. That's pretty much the impression I got too. When I did see multiple games this round where the Fnatic was behind all the players on one team. Yeah. And they just moved away. Yeah. It was interesting, right, because... I decided to go that way with this because I was ultimately concerned that giving one player control of the Fnatic would be too much, for, mm-hmm. particularly for whoever went first, if they just went for full murder. Um, and equally, we were sitting in that place going, I'm not sure how much chaos is too much chaos at this point. I'm not sure how people are going to respond to the concept of this, let alone anything. So at least if there's a chance that he isn't involved in all of the game all of the time, maybe that's not a terrible thing. Um, Especially as this was the last round of the day too. And we were trying very much to keep in line with timeframes, 75 minutes a game. I was completely positive that most games in turn four could end up being 
much more than that 75 minutes because Mm -hmm. every turn there's an extra guy to move. And that guy might resolve in three different blocks, getting thrown and armor and injury and stuff. So there was actually a fair chunk of time it could have taken up. Um, I think in reality, he didn't have an effect on a few games. Um, He didn't have a long effect in that he, you know, scattered himself out of bounds. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then it didn't, didn't make a difference. Um, and then a few people just murdered him. Yep. Um, so yeah, there was, there was a few things there. I think that actually he probably wasn't as, as bad as we were worried about. I did play a game. Uh, I played a game with Moose after, Mm -hmm. as in last week or so, um, where, we didn't change the way he got thrown in, but we just said if he scatters out, he gets thrown back in by the crowd and tried how, that out. How did that work in comparison? Look, it kept him more relevant, but probably still not as relevant as I like. Like the mm. second you scatter him or you throw him in on an angle, he's behind your team. Yeah. So... I think step two from this would be he goes dead in the center and that's where he starts mm-hmm. and suck it. That's just where he is. Um, and then he can bounce around from there, but it means that he actually threatens a, a significant part of the game. Yeah. No, you can still sense. murder him. He can still, and I think I would then keep it that if he gets pushed out, he gets thrown back in and if where he lands, he lands, it doesn't matter. But, Start yeah. in the middle. He just gets chucked, chucked in the center, and and off we go. And I think that that'd be enough to keep it interesting. Mm-hmm. Nah, it seems fair. Those were the four rounds. Uh, one thing I do want to mention that we did talk about it uh, previous, but the other rule in effect on the day was that every player had a golden reroll, mm-hmm. which they could call for at any time during the day. Once they used that reroll, it was done and they could use it for any D6 that they wanted to reroll. Um, I loved this aspect. I thought <laughs> it was hilarious. People were calling for it at random parts. So, you know, I think Val was one of the first to call for it, which didn't surprise me. Um, but it was just hilarious. And a lot of times that reroll did exactly what it needed to do because I would stay there and I would go, right, what are you rerolling? Because I'm watching. <laughs> and um, there were a couple of times that it did not work. Uh, you know, rerolls of gophers into the end zone. They shouldn't work though. Like they that's just how the game. Technically. Um there was one was it Dylan, I think? He was trying to foul somebody and got a double two for the result. And he had X amount of people assisting, so uh didn't need an awful lot. So he used a golden re-roll to re-roll one of those twos into another two and still got sent off. <laughs> um, and Josh, Josh's one kept on rolling ones for him for the rest of the day. Because <laughs> so yeah. um, once you got this golden re-roll, that was it. That dice was yours. You could use it for the rest of the day if you liked. Couldn't re-roll anything with it, but you would get 
Um, but this this was one of my favorite parts of the day, just watching, yep. running over with the, the dice tray, getting people to choose which one they wanted and watching those rolls either work really well or not work at all. Yeah, every time someone called for it, there was a moment of, oh, what is it going to be? What's yeah. it for? What's it about? Um, I really dug it. I think it was a fun, you know, again, something that we could give back to players and go, hey, well, you get the dice after you roll it. That was cool. Um, but they also, were nice, fancy dice. I was really impressed with the way they turned they out. Were, they were pretty. Yeah. So, yeah. absolutely. I think that was that was fun. And I think it was. it's one of those things that we've kind of – ASG is an example where Rich had his, his party poppers for deaths mm-hmm. and whatnot. I think that, of, that moment of going – this game has an important moment happening and we need something and, you know, we we need extra. I think it adds an extra level of tenseness. It adds, you know, so it just creates more atmosphere, which I really dig. Yeah, no, so absolutely. Very much going to have to think of more ways to do things like that. Yes, yes. Uh, shall we go through the results? We did have some results by the end of the day. Yeah. So we'll run through them quickly. So um, now this is first twenty eighth uh, in points value, but for the majority of these, the points values didn't mean an awful lot because, like we said, no prizes for first, second, and third. So top of the ladder, Liam with halflings, eighty nine points. Uh, second was Will with snotlings, eighty three points. Third, Lee with snotlings, eighty points. Fourth, Tim M with Halflings, 79 points. There you go, top four, all stunty teams. Uh, They were the only ones really playing for the points, I believe. Also accurate. Yeah. Fifth, Moose, Blackhawk, 74 points. Sixth, Ben, Lizardman, 67 points. Seventh, Alice with Nurgle, 65 points. She was so impressed with this result. Like, probably the first time she started playing with the ball rather than just bashing people. but Yeah, the one time it doesn't matter. <laughs> yes. Uh, eighth, Mark H with Nurgle, 63 points. Ninth, Val with Woodell, 62 points. Tenth, Pip, Orcs, 61 points. Eleventh, uh, Marcus with Orcs, 58 points. Twelfth, uh, John with Snotlings, 57 points. He came twelfth on tiebreakers, beating uh, Michael B on Black Orcs with 57 points as well. 14th, James, Stunty Elizabeth, 54 points. 15th, Phil, Chaos Renegades, 53 points, beating it on tiebreakers. 16th, Tim C, Elvin Union, 53 points. 17th, Craig, Blackhawks, 52 points. Incidentally, first time playing sevens for Craig. Uh, 18th, Michael D., Incidentally, first time playing sevens with Michael. Snotlings, 51 points. Uh, so, and that was on tiebreakers. 19th, Dylan with Corn, 51 points. 20th, Matt B with Nurgle, 49 points. 21st, Josh Hiles, 41 points. 22nd, Dylan G, Elvin Union, 37 points. 23rd, Yelv with Stunty Lizardman, 35 points. 24th, Ant with Norse, 34 points. 25th was uh, Jared L with Ogres, 31 points. 
Uh, 26, Jared S. with Snotlings, 27 points. 27th was you. Well done. I did it right this time. Halflings, 19 points. Well done. <laughs> um, and 28th, Oswald with Dwarves and 18 points. Now, if those points, values, and teams don't sort of line up for you, here are the prizes that we did. This might make a little bit more sense for those of you that weren't there. So the Master Builder Prize, which we gave to the most creative list, ended up going to Yolf with his Lizardman for the sheer bravery of it. So, and to clarify for those people playing at home that are not sure what happened here, he was running Stunty Lizards. So the Crocs, maybe some Chameleons and a bunch of Skinks, right? No Sorai. No Sorai. No sore nose, no sore ears, no, but no sore eye. Um, but also, skinks are an expensive lineman option, right? They're good. There's a reason they're an expensive lineman option here. So you actually don't get to afford that many extra players playing stunty lizards over regular lizards. Um, but he also decided to bring a mercenary, a death so merc, in, which was a stunty superstar with a chainsaw. But because he had done that, he couldn't afford extra linemen and he couldn't afford bribes to keep it on the pitch. He did do a very clever thing and give that stunty superstar with a chainsaw on the ball. Mm-hmm. So the movement five that they show up with, he didn't have to increase um, and he could still blitz turn one and, and nuke somebody. Yep. Um but that chainsaw was not going to last long. No. And his armor was nothing. If it kicked back, he was dead. Um, if he got blocked by someone, he was dead. Like there was so many instances where that chainsaw was going to be dead or sent off and never coming back. And it was a lot of points. Yeah, absolutely. I loved it. I loved it. We we spent time going, pouring over every roster and working out which one we liked the best. And there were a couple that we liked for different reasons. Uh, but for the sheer stupidity, we gave it to you. But it was the best bit was it was well considered stupidity. Like it was yes. intentional stupidity. <laughs> he knew how stupid it was. And he went, no, this is exactly the person I want to be. Yeah. Kudos to you. Uh, coolest team. So this was the one voted by the players. And obviously, as per normal, we give them full reign as to what they think cool is. For his third time in a row, John with his snotlings. Which are gorgeous, let's be clear. John, John just continues to, to to smash this yeah. this award every what, time. What I have learned from this, though, is that I need to do two things. One, invest in confrontation models and B, paint checks. Because <laughs> You did that too for the um, I did as a, prize, a, a, as a little bit of a, yeah, just a, a homage. Um, <laughs> but no, he, again, he finds incredible models that he does, then does a bunch of conversion work to make them suit the, the positions and models and then goes to town with the paint and just puts a level of detail in that most people choose not to. Yep. Um, so, very pretty. Well deserved. You know, third time in a row, as I said. So the only one 
The only tournament he hasn't won Cooler's team is the one that he didn't turn up for. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, well-deserved there. Uh, best opponent. Um, so, it was a long day. <laughs> Let me preface this with this. Like, it was a long day. I was doing lots of things. I had things going around. I was doing way more cardio than I should have, running around giving dice out to people. Um, I screwed up on this one. First one to admit it. I obviously typed the wrong thing in the wrong area. And when I announced on the day the coolest or the best opponent, I announced it incorrectly to the degree that it couldn't possibly have been. So, and, and to, to clarify this and the math did flash through my head and I'm like, I'm not going to. This is not the time or place to question this. Um, so it probably we, should have been. Yeah. <laughs> it probably was the time but and the there place. Was, there was a moment there when you said somebody with five votes got in best. In a four-round day. A, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't work, but I assumed you just got the number of votes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did. I did. I put the number. Um Anyway, the actual winner of this, and we are fixing all of this up, and actually came through with four points. So every person he played voted for him as best opponent, and that was Josh. And knowing Josh, that is definitely a Josh thing. He is the valid guy. Yeah. Yep. Um, he also walked away with the door prize. So on the second attempt... Because I think we we rolled it for was it Phil first? Who said roll again? Yes. Yep. And so Josh Josh was very happy with the end of the day, um, walking yep. away with those that necro team which you painted, which he's now going to use in the next league, mm-hmm. which we're currently discussing additional positions for. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have to paint those extra positions? Maybe we're discussing that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, next award was the best stunty team. We called it lowballing, and this was the only one which used the points, which is why we had four stunty teams at the top of the table. But Liam, with his halflings, took them away. The nothing special award for the person that came smack bang in the middle. I really went, enjoy this. Can I just point out that just that, like, there's no... Gunning for last place. There's no, like, it's just. Mm-hmm. It's such a good idea. Try and, and get there. Like, I mean, I've, we, we've done Wooden Spoon Awards before. I think everybody has. Um, I've seen the, what did um, Target Acquired call it? It was the, the Not Quite Shit Award, which was second last. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, nothing special. Right dead smack in the middle where you're not going to win anything else, but he's very hard to do if you're actually trying to do it. Uh, but, yeah, James with his lizards walked away with that. P's get degrees, the most passes. <laughs> this was an interesting one. <laughs> this is And this is a clear case of people going, I'm going to play this one. Yes. Uh, yeah. Legitimately forgetting everything else about the game. Yep. Uh, so that went to Tim. So Tim C, he, so second place was Gertzi, who had, over the course of four rounds, 17 successful passes. Uh, Tim got 27 
So, yeah. That's a lot of passing. It's a lot. Um, And, yeah, uh, he came, he still came 16th, 53 points. So, uh, the... Next one, most successful fouls, Felicio Oswald with his dwarves. His team was built for fouling. Like, it came dead last because he did not care about the ball in the slightest. It was just a little death machine. I loved it. Yeah. Playing dwarves too. Like, it's not the cheapest. It's not like it's like I've got eight different linemen I I can just foul with because I have another 14 players. But no. He was still going to town and just oh, yeah. nineteen fouls, successful fouls, glorious of the day. Uh, lastly, the last award we did was surfs up, which was the most crowd surfs. Uh, this was the strange one for me because when we thought of this, this was probably the one I would have tried for. It's the one, absolutely the one I would have tried for. I had a list ready. I, I I expected a lot more corn teams, possibly mm-hmm. Norse as well. Necro, Norse, corn, dark elves, anything with frenzy. Like you could you could do some serious serious crowd serves. Uh, Chaos yeah. chosen, yeah, lots of options. Yeah, lots of options, lots of different ways. Uh, Dylan C uh, ended up the day with five, so not an awful lot. But still enough to take out the award. Yeah. Funnily enough, I, again, on that same Fnatic game I played with Moose, I told him I'm going to bring corn and we're going to play for, for crowd surfs. Mm-hmm. And he brought Norse and we're going to play for crowd surfs. And both of us literally did nothing else but play for crowd surfs. Yeah. Not a player. Not a player. Was pushed into the crowd that oh, entire really? game. Interesting. So Interesting. many goddamn dodge stars. Anyway, <laughs> so I think, I think if we we do something similar, and I think look, this was an experiment by all means. There, there were a couple of things I wanted to sort of take away from this. First of all, we weren't sure how this would work, but from the responses that we've got, I think it was an enjoyable tournament. Mm-hmm. or event, let's say, rather than a tournament. Um, everybody seemed to be enjoying themselves. Everybody seemed to be smiling. Yeah. And there were a couple of notes points there, I think. I had comments from a couple of people that said they would rather attend this or they're more likely to attend another event of this kind of nature than just a regular everyday tournament. That's obviously not everybody who is there. I did have some people say, I'd really, I was really thought this was cool, but also I would have loved first, second, third. Yeah. Which is all fair. It's all fair. And, you know, I think, I think it was successful enough in that, in that we probably will end out next year with another shits and giggles type yeah. style event. There, there's a couple of, we'll change around the awards or whatever. We'll have a bit more of a think about it. But I think to finish off the year, it's a good good way to be mm-hmm. um the the most important bit of feedback for me was one i experienced rather than was told so i mean i've been told numerous comments about how you know people what 
people had overheard outside after the rounds or whatever. Um, the biggest thing for me was Russell. So Russell was there to look after the store while Rich was gone. And he spent the majority of time wandering around, watching games, biggest smile on his face. He had not played Blood Bowl. He ended that day buying the rule book, Death Zone, a team, a dice, and ordering cards for that team. And that for me, for somebody that has never played to go that hard in after just watching. Yeah. shows that whatever the case may be, whether it was the tournament, whether it was just the people or whatever, the, the amount of fun that everybody was having was contagious. Yeah. Yeah. It was bonkers. Good vibe. Mm -hmm. Like, and it was, and it was that piece, right? I mean, I second last, I I was not supposed to win. Let's be clear. I was not supposed to do well. You definitely weren't. (laughs) Um, You're welcome. I did it right. But, Every single one of those games was just fun, like because it didn't matter. Like it's not like you you had a moment where you're like, oh, this is shit. I had a chance to win and now I can't. Mm-hmm. No, nah, not a problem. Uh, <laughs> you just go and do more wacky shit next game. So you were actually playing games for the sake of playing the game, which is something that is often lost at a tournament. Yeah. I mean, Blood Bowl is not the sort of game you can take too seriously, but you can definitely go to a tournament to to go all out and try and win. Mm-hmm. And you could do it in to win one of, maybe aim for one or two of the prizes that we were doing, but uh, it was always going to be, there was always going to be stuff that we threw it in your face. So... Yeah. The idea was just about having fun and I think at least for the most part, I think we were successful in that. Yeah. So my t- my major takeaway from this is not necessarily this specific format for this specific tournament and all the things and whether that worked. I think it was more an overarching understanding that the broader community was open to doing different shit for funsies occasionally. It was just like, yeah, cool. We're up, we're up for something different. Like, throw throw shit at us. That's that's going to land well, and it probably gives us a lot more confidence moving forward to do different things to see how they stick. Because people are going to show up and have a good time regardless. Yeah, I think that's that that's a lot on on the community. That's so much on the players, and and the fact that. We can play this game, have fun, and everybody's having fun, whether you win or lose. There's there's enjoyment to be had playing Blood Bowl. And whereas, you know, the rules are the rules. The dice are going to screw you over. We all know that. Uh, so I think we just take that in our stride. I'm pretty sure it was Russell that told me that he was at a tournament where the top table were arguing about how to use a measuring tape properly. And it's like, why? Why? We, we're we all older now. We don't get as much time as we used to to, to play and, and do these things for ourselves. 
why add stress in and, and uh, let's let's not take things seriously. I think that's that's the yeah. bottom line. I, I'm saying. Yeah, no, I think it was as I said, it was just that piece around. I've been at those tournaments for different games for, for where it's like shit matters and mm. shit matters to a lot of people. And this one, it was just such a good day of rolling dice and just playing games and doing shit um, and chatting and seeing what different shit people had painted and just catching up with friends. Like, it was cool. Um, would do. If we have to play Bob Bowl in the middle of it, cool. Even better. <laughs> <laughs> It's done. just such a good group. Um, yeah, look, you kind of can't go wrong. Yeah, we we could do this over and over and over again, but if we didn't have the players that we had um, and have continued to have, you know, this is a fourth tournament that we've run in, what, just over a year probably? Mm-hmm. Yep. And they've all been fun and it's all due to the, the, the high calibre of players as a person, you know, those, those players that come along and their personalities and, and the way that they handle things and, and take things in the stride. And you know, like we said, it's blood bowl. Things will go wrong. And if you get angry at your dice for any game, you, you just can't do it for blood bowl because they're always going to go wrong. It, it didn't work out. Nah. Yeah. No, nah, it was awesome. So I, as I said, I had a blast. I had a blast organizing it. I had a blast playing. Mm-hmm. I had a blast packing up. I had a blast. I slept really, really well that night. Um, <laughs> I'm still trying to recover. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's it on the tournament for me. Yeah. No, nah, good fun. So, again, thanks to everyone for coming. Thanks mm-hmm. to everyone who came in. Thanks to Rich at Throw the Dice for, for you know, giving us the space and letting us play, particularly when he couldn't be there the whole day. And I know that freaked him out a little bit. And then we kind of oversold it and freaked him out a little bit more. Um, so that was good. Um, so there's that. Um, but I'm, I'm just super keen to see, you know, to, to start brewing. Yeah. Honestly, what the next one's going to be. There's absolutely going to be more next year. So stay tuned for those. Um, but speaking of events, there is one. It is being run literally as we speak by us virtually. Well, it's a virtual event in that it's a thing that people can do and get involved in and stuff. And also they might win things. That thing. That thing. I, I was I, I was trying I to segue. I was yeah, no, I was handing you the segue, and it I just told you I'm still recovering from the uh, tournament. I had to do all the numbers, and I, I can't add up numbers properly. Apparently, when I'm tired, uh, we are doing an end of year giveaway. I'm assuming that's what you're talking about. That's exactly what I was talking okay, about. Good, 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 the good. wavelength that we are on, it is just <laughs> a fine tuned. We've even got the video going, and we just couldn't communicate that way <laughs> anyway i'm putting um, it down i'm putting it yeah. down are you picking it up <laughs> no no i've dropped it and i've run the other way yes so facebook there is a post on facebook you need to like and you need to tag a friend or an acquaintance or a 
partner that tags you in other competitions that you have no interest oh my in either. God, they really need to stop doing that. But here's the chance for revenge, right? Yes. You didn't want that linen. She doesn't want this. No. But like and tag, uh, if you have been to a tournament like this one, so if you came along and you haven't liked and tagged, please do so because you will get an extra entry just for turning up to one of our tournaments this year. Uh, if you've been in our painting events this year, you will get an extra entry. If you are a Patreon for the months of November and December, that's two extra entries. Uh, there are multiple ways you can get entries, but what we are giving you is a choice. And it's a choice between the three games that we've been playing the most. Uh, so Blood Bowl starter set, Dungeon Bowl starter set, Marvel Crisis Protocol starter set. You get to choose. You win, you can choose which one of those you want. We will buy it. We will send it to you. We will hand it to you. We will do whatever we have to do to get in your hands. Simple as that. Unless you don't have hands, in which case we will have to, you'll have to accept it some other way. I'm like, there is. Is uh, there a uh, word for using feet as hands? There will be. I'm not sure what it is. No. But I just, you know, I just don't want to make any medical promises that I can't fulfill. <laughs> we will get it to you. That will happen. All right. I've got an alert coming up saying lost yeah. connection to the server. So do I, but it's still doing a thing. So let's keep talking and see what happens. All right. All right. Uh, anyway, you can join that uh, on Facebook, like and tag somebody. And uh, like I said, there are plenty of other ways that we will give you extra entries. Um, jump in our Discord as well. Uh, we are constantly chatting about these sort of things and talking um, talking about various different things, some things that matter, some things that don't. Mostly ones that don't, primarily yeah. Blood Bowl, but, you know, occasionally other shit as well. Yeah. Uh, and these these giveaways that we do run are all funded by our lovely Patreons who, you know, that's why we're giving them the extra entries into this uh, competition. It's not a competition. It's a giveaway. Extra entries into the giveaway because they're the ones funding it. They're the ones that give us the money so that we can afford to do these giveaways. Uh, so like I said, if you're a patron for November and December, that's an extra entry for either month. Uh, but we do have two new Patreons as of the other week. Uh, so thank you very much to Russell who jumped on board after watching, having never listened to an episode, after a day still of hasn't. watching our tournaments, probably not, um, decided he wanted in on this, which is fantastic. Uh, and also Josh. Uh, Josh has jumped in and, like I said, yeah, four out of four people voted him as best opponent. They can't be wrong. When you no, say they, they can't. can't, yeah, no, okay. they can't. Yeah. They can't. Um, I mean, they could. No, they can't. Okay. It's popular popular opinion. If he's the popular boy, if if they were can't, You're they not. probably wouldn't have voted for him anyway. Um. <laughs> Anywho, uh, give us a follow: Facebook, Spotify, Podbean, Twitch, OnlyFans, Twidbean, 
We got other stuff. Surely there's some other stuff. I was just thinking that. There's an, there's an Instagram account that I occasionally update. Yeah, the Instagram. I don't. I can't be bothered getting on Twitter, even though now we can buy a blue check mark and and be officially us. I can't be bothered. I don't get Twitter. Let's be honest. No, I don't understand it. I'll find something else. We should create like a a Wikipedia page or a Reddit thing or... A Wikipedia page? Yeah. That's an idea. How easy is that to do? Surely easy. And then everything about us that we say would be factual. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What was it? There was a guy once that altered... I'm trying to remember. Was it the presets? He altered their Wikipedia page to say that he was their cousin or something and use that to get backstage passes and free entry into a gig. That's glorious. Isn't it? Yeah. That's he deserves, great. he deserves everything. Oh yeah. They gave, they gave him kudos. So, <laughs> um, yeah, we should do that. We should make our own Wikipedia. Yeah. All right. Done. All right. All right. Till then people, thank you for suffering through yet another episode. Bye. Why? If you weren't there now, you, now you could virtually be there. You know what we had to play. Yeah, like that—that's that's a win for everybody, right? Do some you, wacky shit in your blood bowl games. Yeah. If you couldn't make it, then now you know what crap we put the people that could make it through. Anyway, till next time, laters. Catch. Yes,